Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 171 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week's big question on social media and from those beginner beekeepers that I mentor has been, is my honey ready to extract? Well, stay tuned and let me explain how you can judge for yourself. Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone and welcome back to another podcast. It's been another full-on week and not surprisingly for the UK, we've been dodging showers. Our summer has taken another turn and the high heat has given way for more gentle temperatures but the moisture-laden skies have been dropping rain like it's going out of fashion. We've had some very heavy showers, downpours in fact, some areas suffering flash flooding and the like. I even saw a report of a house that had its roof set on fire by lightning. Not very nice at all. Once again, I seem to have dodged the majority of the rain though. Getting lucky in my old age, I think. Each time I've been out in the apiaries, I seem to have enjoyed dry, sunny conditions only for it to pour down once I've returned to my truck. The truck, by the way, seems to be behaving itself now. I had to replace the front brake discs last week as they were causing a nasty judder whenever I braked. But that's been rectified and all is well once more. I say I replaced them, it was in fact the local garage once more. Obviously I'm a bit of a lucky find for them at the moment. I seem to have more work done now than ever before. There can't be much more that needs replacing on the truck, but let's not tempt fate and get into that discussion today. The summer is in full swing. Children are on their summer holidays, lockdown has eased, and the general population is trying to get back to some kind of normal routine again. Back to work for many, that must be a very strange feeling for a lot of people, returning to offices and workplaces that they've been away from for so long. I guess I'm one of the lucky ones, working with the bees as I do, outside visiting my apiaries and all that done mostly in the very pleasant weather conditions that we have been enjoying. I think the very worst of the weather that we've been caught out in was way back when we moved the bees to the borage and got caught out in the middle of the night in a downpour that was more monsoon-like. There is a video clip out there somewhere on Patreon of that crazy night if you Fancy taking a look. It seems such a long time ago now, but actually has only been a few short weeks. The borage has grown rapidly, flowered, and is now on the downward slope of its flowering period. There seems to be a two-week window where it's at its very best, only flowering in limited amounts to start with, almost as if advertising what's to come to the local pollinators and then it erupts with flowers 
before setting seed and gradually slowing down its work done. Our colonies at the borage have been literally surrounded with borage to forage, and from what I've seen so far, it's been well worth having the extra effort of moving the bees on site. The hard work, though, is really only just about to begin. This week, we need to assess what honey has been stored and plan for the clearing and removal of boxes back to the unit for extraction. The process is quite simple, and one that is the same whether you have one hive or or hundreds. Honey needs to be under 20% moisture content in order to be bottled. The reason for this is that the high sugar content at these lower moisture levels mean natural yeasts and the like can't grow and spoil the honey. Higher water content allows for fermentation of those yeasts and this will quickly spoil the honey. Larger commercial producers may sometimes use a piece of kit called a honey dryer. This is generally a temperature controlled vat with large metal discs inside held upright so that if you imagine a barrel laid on its side and cut in half, a bit like those large barbecues you see sometimes, the discs sit on a motorised spindle in the middle and turn gently and the honey is held in the bottom section so that the discs sit in the honey. As the discs rotate they become covered in honey and the warm air being blown over the discs evaporates water from that honey. Now some beekeepers might say this is cheating and that honey is only honey if it meets all of the requirements set out in the regulations naturally but I imagine if you have hundreds or thousands of hives it's not possible to check every frame to see if it passes muster and so a more practical solution is required. It's easy enough to test the moisture content with a refractometer and I guess if you have tons of honey that's a little high in moisture you can't afford to let it ferment. I have to say here that I don't own or borrow or use a honey dryer to reduce the water content of my honey. It's simple enough for me to check each batch as we're still just a small producer. For the vast majority of beekeepers there is a practical and simple way of testing their honey. It's a double check in that the honey can be visually checked at the hive and then once back at home or in the honey room it can be further assessed with the refractometer. So how do you go about checking honey in the apiary? Well this can be done while you're carrying out inspections. You need to follow a set order so as not to disrupt or aggravate the bees but it's very straightforward. Firstly determine that you're ready to remove the honey boxes from the hive. Get everything at home prepared check and double check that you have everything in place and all the equipment is washed, dried and clean. One of the most important items perhaps and one that gets forgotten quite a lot is the humble honey bucket. We all buy in jars and lids, we have extractors and settling tanks at the ready but if you produce more than a small settling tank will hold you're going to need some honey buckets. Don't go too large, it might seem like a good idea to get a slightly larger bucket, but when full, they can be difficult to handle because of the weight. A 30 pound or 15 kilo bucket is really as much as I would want to be lifting around on a regular basis. I do have some 60 pound buckets and they are really tricky for one feeble beekeeper like me to manage. So with all of our equipment checked and double checked, we can go ahead and look at the honey on the hives to see if it's ready. Generally, 
if it's capped, then it's ready. I think most beekeepers will understand that the bees know best and they will only cap the honey if it's ready to be capped. The tricky bit is those frames that are not fully capped or are completely uncapped. Do you stick or go? Well, this is where the shake test comes in really handy. It's a very simple way of checking if your honey is ripe enough to be removed and extracted. Firstly, as I said earlier, complete any inspections you may want to do. Then, as you rebuild the hive, replacing the queen excluder, and then adding the supers back on, you can check the honey. Once you have the first super back on, use your hive tool to gently lift out the first frame. Give it a visual check. If it's completely capped, you can set this one aside while you check the rest. Most beekeepers use either castellated runners to separate the frames or the Hoffman or Manley type frames. But however you space your super frames, leaving a gap at the start allows you to move quickly through the super, checking each frame. If you're using castellated runners, the second frame can then be replaced back into the first frame slot and the third frame into the second frame slot and so on. Each time you remove a frame, give the bees a quick shake off and glance over the cone. When you find one that has open cells filled with honey, you can perform the shake test on it. Lift the frame out, shake off the bees and give it a quick visual inspection. This check is also to make sure that the queen hasn't somehow squeezed up into the supers or has mistakenly been replaced into the supers. This can happen if she's on the queen excluder when you remove it and then that queen excluder is lent against the supers instead of the hive or has been replaced upside down on a previous inspection. I know this because yes I've done just that this year. Anyway back to the honey super full of honey and no brood. Turn the frame so that it's held horizontally and give it a couple of good shakes. Unripe honey will drip out. Nectar will flood out but ripe honey will stay put in the cells. If no honey drips out then you can make the assumption that it's below 20% moisture content and clear it of bees ready to remove and extract. I do find that supers of capped honey have very few bees in them generally. The bees just know they've finished their work and have moved on into another part of the hive. Clearing the supers can be as simple then as shaking off a few bees and putting the bee-free frames in another empty super. If it's just one box then this is really easy to do and all you have to do is to make sure that you keep them covered otherwise when you put the box in your car you'll have a super full of bees again all trying to steal your precious honey. More than one box and you might want to invest in a clearer board. Now there are many different types available and here in the UK most beekeepers will have some crime boards that have two oval holes in them. Beginners will have wondered what on earth they're for. Traditionally, these oval holes are used to put something called a porter bee escape in. It can be metal or plastic, but the important part is the little internal springs that act as a one-way trapdoor. The bees filter down through the escape and the spring closes behind them, preventing them from returning back up into the super. I find that the porter bee escapes need a little bit of care to make sure that they work properly, but they do work and are simple enough. One of the benefits is that the crime board already has the holes in it for their use, so you don't need any additional kit. 
One important point here is that you must give the bees somewhere to clear down into. A large colony simply can't cram itself into a single national brood box, having filled two or three supers. So remember to add a super with frames in it so they have somewhere to go. As you probably know if you've watched any of my videos on clearing bees from my supers, my preference these days is the rhombus clearer. As its name suggests, its shape is a rhombus and it's fitted to a board with a central hole. I use these on top of an eek above an empty super to allow space to clear down into and I find that a few hours overnight is all that is required to clear all of the bees from the top box. All we do is carry out our normal inspections and once complete, as we put the hive back together, we add the empty super and clearer boards prior to topping it off with the honey filled supers. The next morning I return to carefully lift off the supers and sneak away with my crop of honey leaving the bees none the wiser. A couple of points to mention here. Sometimes the heavy supers will stick themselves to the clearer board because of the propolis that's on it so always ease the super up with a hive tool otherwise you'll lift off the clearer as well as the super and end up with angry bees everywhere. Secondly if a colony isn't queen right, meaning that they don't have a laying queen in the brood box, maybe they swarmed or failed to produce a new queen, but in this state you may find the bees don't clear down into the brood box at all because they have no queen pheromone to draw them back down. In this instance the only thing to do is to shake the bees out or use a blower. I do use a blower in this instance and also to clear the supers of the last few bees that might be lingering around. A dozen bees or so in the super might not seem a lot but when you take 50 or more supers back to the honey room the numbers of homeless bees multiplies very quickly. Finally remember to keep the honey filled supers covered at all times. Robbing bees will be on them in no time and they'll start stripping out the honey very very quickly. It's one of those opportunities they really don't want to miss. Another opportunity that you don't want to miss is my latest podcast. A podcast subscription will get you the very latest tips and techniques from me each week as they're released. As things stand, it's going to cost less than a couple of Porter Bee Escapes, and that's even with next day delivery. Head over to my Patreon page and sign up to my Podcast Plus tier for the very latest beekeeping chat. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that's beekeeping short and sweet. Bye.